What's up, everybody? Welcome back to PSG Talking. I'm Tyrone, and today we'll be talking about PSG's recent home tie against Benfica, the newest drama between the Mbappe clan and PSG, this weekend's Le Classique, and could Javi Simmons be headed back to Paris this summer? And joining me, as always, my brothers, John Alangi, James Carter. What's up, fellas? It's, it's, been a, it's been a minute. John, what's up? How you been, man? Amazing, amazing. Good to be back, man. I've uh, been traveling the world, seeing some stuff, you know, getting some experiences in. But, yeah, I'm glad to be back with the guys talking about this this, this shit show that I walked back into that is PSG. But, no, nah, man, it's everything is well. Everything is well. Love to hear it, man. Yeah, we... We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We know we've been away for a minute and we think that we're, we're getting ready to pot again as things are going good. We're like, yo, things are calm, things are good. And then, you know, it's just the PSG, the gift that keeps on giving all the time. So, yeah, we're definitely going to get into it. James, talk to us, man. How's, how's life on the West Coast? They needed us to be back now. Of course. Of course, this <laughs> would happen as we return. Don't worry, we're here. We're here. I'm ready to pot. Let's go. I'm feeling good. West Coast is good. Glad to see you both. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Awesome, man. Glad everything's well. So yeah, um, starting with some actual footy talk, man. So, you know, PSG just completed the return leg against Benfica at the park. Um, Kylian Mbappe becomes PSG's all-time leading goal scorer in the Champions League as he nets his 31st goal in the competition as they draw 0-0, sorry, 1-1, excuse me, um, against Benfica, where they both now each sit on eight points going into the final two match days. Um, And the top spot is, is still up for grabs, man. So, John, I'll start with you. Just what was your takeaway as PSG, um, you know, hosted Benfica and, you know, the last two games against them being draws? Yeah, I think it was very telling of Benfica, for real. For me, like, it was just, okay, this team from this is from Portugal, and, you know, they, they're always in the Champions League. Usually, they don't really make it out of the group stage that much, but, you know, they're playing really well this year. Like, they're, they're really a solid uh, defensive team. Uh, and I said this to y'all in, in the chat, and, you know, we kind of disagreed, and I felt like PSG has taken – uh, a little step back or, you know, there's been a, a halt in the in the uh, progression of us, you know, starting this new era under Gaultier. And, and it was the same thing in this match where we have our moments where there's chances being created, but there's just something lacking. And it's not just the that that Messi is missing, uh, but defensively where we're not solid, obviously missing Kipembe a lot. Um, but I feel like the match was in good hands, you know, Benfica's a solid team. We had to go. We were, you know, we could we could have saw it out. But we'll get into this, I guess, in a little bit. Verratti, just an unnecessary, unnecessary, like very much unnecessary uh, foul. And he plays like this all the time. He's very dirty. Not dirty, but like he get he likes to get down and dirty and, and, and be rough and rugged in that way. But it was just unnecessary. Like at that moment, in that time, the, the player didn't really have an outlet. And, and so that's what, you know, cost us getting all three points. But I think 
again, for me, like in the grand scheme of things, I think the last three games, the Benfica match uh, against Stadirin during the during the week in Liga, and then this match, three draws in a row. Like, no, you know, it's a coincidence that Messi has been missing for those matches. But for me, I don't think it's it's it's, it's that alone. I think the the noise in the locker room has something to do with it. I think um, there's you know that that pressure that that just hovers around PSG is 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 there right on time. Around this time is usually when it arrives where. Players start getting antsy. The the injuries start picking up, um, and so that's it's pretty much par for the course. But we um, we could have we could have wrapped up the the group if, if we took care of business, and that's the only disappointment for me outside of the obvious my obvious observation in that the team hasn't really been clicking on all cylinders. Uh, but you know we still have a chance to 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 to, to go. Um, we have two more two more matches in the group, so we can still you know, lock it up next week. But, you know, there's a lot there's a lot going on at PSG off the pitch, on the pitch. And I think this match uh, reflected that for me. Yeah, I, I agree. We're going to get to James. I think, you know, I was, I think after the match, the first match, I was the one that disagreed with you. And I was like, I don't know about step back. But, you know, after seeing the game at the weekend and then the return leg, um, I have to agree. You know, I think... PSG shows us glimpses, right? Like the first goal against Benfica of what could be. And I think there's, right now we're seeing our depth be tested with the the amount of injuries and, you know, now suspensions that we're dealing with and stuff. I think, you know, we're lucky, you know, not no disrespect to Maccabi Haifa, but, you know, that's the game that Parati's going to miss. And we are dealing with injuries, Mendez, Messi with a calf, Mbappe, you know, with a potential, it's not serious, but, you know, a little ankle niggle, I guess you'll call it. Um, but our, our depth is being tested, right? I think now playing three at the back, center back depth is being tested um, heavily, major strain. But I think, you know, I think that's where I'm seeing more of the step back. And it could be due to injury um, is at the back line. But, you know, PSG teases us. They give us these moments where, you know, Messi, Mbappe and Neymar, you know, play this, you know, um, one touch football and this interchangeable kind of beautiful finesse um, play style. And then we go games where, you know, we don't see that. I do think that the reason I said at the time that it wasn't a step back for PSG, maybe a step back in terms of lacking that clinical edge, but I feel like we had opportunities in that first leg, right. To, to put the game away, you know, Neymar with the bicycle kick hit the bar. I think um, there was a couple other chances. I can't remember off the top of my head where either Messi um, or Neymar, had a shot. I think there was that one opportunity where Neymar and Mbappe put Messi clear through and his final touch just left him, which is like super rare. He would have been one on one with the goalie. You would have fancied your chances for him to put that away and for us to go up. Um, and I think there were some other, you know, instances within the game that we, if I go back and look at it, I could pick out um, where I just felt like, okay, like I felt confident going back to Paris that we would be able to put those chances away. At the time, I didn't know that Messi wouldn't be playing, but then coming back home, even with the injuries, right, you would expect our team, the caliber of players we have going to that game with Mbappe and Neymar starting with the home fans, you would be able to put that away. And we didn't, right? So I think now I can say this is a group I feel like PSG should have put away. I don't think it's the end of the world, right? I do think that in the past I would have been like, oh, like it's, it's doom and gloom. But I do feel like it's a long season. 
the World Cup's coming up, there's going to be a long break. I think PSG will address some issues in the transfer window. And who knows what this team will look like, for better or for worse, right, after the World Cup and after um, a long hiatus away from the team. Um, hopefully things are addressed. But, you know, again, at the same time, I think the games are coming quick and fast right now, right? We're, we're playing a lot of matches. Um Gautier is trying to rotate, he's trying to do things, but I do agree with, with what you said, you know, in the chat that, yeah, maybe, maybe there is a step back, right? Maybe I think PSG is going through their first rough patch with Gaultier where we're not playing this high flying attack or, you know, we're not getting the results that we were getting in the beginning of the season. But with that being said, we're tied for first place in the group. We're still top of the league. Um, things need to get worked out, but, you know, I, I love to live by mentality of like live to fight another day. Right. Like it's not the house isn't burning down yet off the off the pitch. We'll get there. It may be. But but on the pitch, things are things are decent. James, what about you, man? What did you see from um, the Benfica match and then just the last string of matches in, in totality? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the more that I sit back and think about what, what John said in terms of a step back, I almost see it more as like level setting. Right. Because you can get to this point where. You're racking up a string of wins and you're assuming that things are, you know, moving in the right direction until you come across a team like Benfica. Not saying that they're world beaters, but they're a formidable challenge, right? They were undefeated as well. And so you run into a team like that and it really gives you the opportunity to see where your level is. And I think that's exactly what PSG saw. Um, the first leg of the Benfica match, I thought, you know, Benfica, they played at home. They were very intense. Uh, very intentional. The press was very high and strong. And, you know, they showed us, they showed us the test. And, and that was great. And I thought that that game would travel. And it didn't. I think in the second, uh, in the second leg or the return leg, Benfica started to pick it up in the second half uh, just a little bit. I actually surprisingly got nervous once Draxler came on and had a few shots on target. I thought, you know, of course this would happen to PSG. But uh, fortunately, he is who we thought he was. Um, one of the bright spots, I think, Vitinha, he still seems to uh, impress me and kind of plays well beyond his years. Uh, there was a lob that Mbappe uh, sent to him, but he just couldn't get in. I think I said in the chat, Vitinha next year goes and gets that. Um, and so that is definitely a, a bright spot that I'm seeing amongst all of the other the other mess. I think Neymar is in a different zone right now. This is what we've been waiting for. I just pray that he keeps this form post-World Cup. We'll see. I mean, if he puts his hand on the trophy, we got a different Neymar here. But we'll see, um, you know, health permitting. And, and as Ty said, you know, we don't know what we're going to get post-World Cup. Uh, but I think overall, it was good to um, to see where we were. You know, I think if all of the other political noise wasn't around the team, we would be able to address this a bit a bit more fairly. Um, but I do think that Benfica provided the proper test for us to, to level set and say, hey, we're not there yet, right? There's a lot of season left, both in Champions League and in uh, Liga for us to play and get better. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. And I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about the, the match with Marseille coming up, but uh, just a string of draws is kind of leading us to a situation where we're like, okay, let's assess where we're at. Let's assess what's going on. Uh, and we will have to make those rotations. Fortunately, we, we do have the depth. 
I mean, you know, John, you said earlier, like we're running out of center backs. Like that's a good problem to have because like a few seasons ago, like we didn't have any, right? So we'll we'll get there. But I think uh, for everybody, you know, let's not get too high. Let's not get too low. Let's stay pretty even keel and see um, what's going on. I think uh, the Le Classique will provide us another test to see where we're at league-wise. Uh, and uh, the upcoming Champions League match uh, will also give us an opportunity, you know, without variety to at least get that win you know all things considered i hope we win you know anything can happen but ideally we should win that game and kind of get back into a rhythm and a spirit of uh getting on the right path yeah and i think you know missing variety is like always like the biggest thing for us right i feel like our team just plays so different when he's when he's not there um and makabe haifa isn't isn't also a gimme, right? Like I think we played them at their at their crib. It wasn't, you know, a gimme or an easy game. And listen, I know Juventus isn't what they used to be. I know that, you know, they're missing players, but it's still Juventus we're talking about, right? They they still have, you know, they still have some decent players that that suit up. Um, and they went to, you know, Maccabi's crib and listen, they got they got smoked. Two nothing. No, they, I watched the game. They got they got cooked. They got, they got cooked. cooked. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know the gent, the guy's name. Um, he was playing against us too. There's that one dude who plays on the left. He's like a midfielder or a winger. He's got like the dreads with the top knot. Um, he's a baller, you know, and he's, um, he caused them problems. So, you know, if our midfield isn't, you know, where it needs to be, um, and these guys don't come to play, you know, we could potentially see a draw, right? So this is a game that we need to, uh, we need to come out. We need to, you show we have. We need to put this group to bed potentially, and you know it may come down to the final match day really to see who who has that top spot. I guess John, starting with you, because Verratti is not going to play. What do you think Galti does in terms of you know the Vitinha partnership? Do you think he goes with um, Ruiz? Do you think he goes with Sanchez if he's healthy, or do you think he plays Solaire? Where do you think he? What, what would you like to see? You know, in the midfield, or what do you think Galti does? And if they differ, you can give me both. Yeah, I think I would like to see Ruiz get more game time. I think out of him and Soler uh, and even Sanchez from when, like, the first couple of matches he was playing in, I think Fabian Ruiz has been the the, the one that's standing out of the three um, replacements for Verratti for this match. Uh, I, I believe, like, he like he's taken some shots on target that, like, if things went a different way, he could have hit him. Like, so he's very progressive in that way, but he's also defensive-minded and – He's a fucking unit. Pardon my French. He's a unit. Like this dude is huge. Like he's like he's the type of uh, midfielder that we've been looking for in terms of like size and 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 you know we've always had variety. Ghana Gay, these short midfielders who are scrappy, but you know they don't win you any aerial duels. They don't you know there's 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 certain type parts of their game where you know you, you like that. And I think Fabian Ruiz, uh, uh, he's he's been out of the three out of him, Soler and Sanchez. He's been uh, playing the best and, and showing more positive glimpses. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I think we – I believe we've made the transition to where it's not it's not uh, doom and gloom that Marco Verratti is injured, at least at this point in the season, at least in this group that we're in, that it's not like – it's not going to be the end of the world, that the fact that we're, we're missing Verratti for – Whatever game in Champions League or or, or in, in League M, and 
And this is something that we spoke about last year, where it's like when Verratti gets injured, it's over. When Neymar gets injured, it's over. And, you know, we can't have that mentality. And as 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 the directors and the boards and, and the, the sporting people within PSG, that that's part of the recruitment. It's, it's bringing on Sanchez and Fabian Ruiz and, and Soler and having having replacements who are not scrubs. These guys are legit. Like, Vitinha, like, is, is literally keeping Fabian Ruiz from starting. Like, he didn't come here to 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 uh, to, to be on the bench, you know. Uh, but Vitinha's balling. So, and um, and you know, Danilo would have been a would have been an option, but he has to to to, to do center back duties, and he's doing this thing. So we got to give him a shout out as well because, in, in my opinion, he's been one of the more consistent players since the beginning of the season, from when he was called on to 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 come in as a substitute in the midfield and then come in for Kimpembe, who's been out. Danilo's been solid. He was unlucky with the own, that goal. own goal. He was unlucky <laughs> with the own goal, you know, but I think outside of that, he's been he's been really solid. He's, you know, it for me, it, it shows, like, some of these dudes, man, like, they're professionals for a reason. He don't look the part. Dude, run, like, does it look like he, he's <laughs> it, – it, it's, it's tough for him when he got to run down some, some of the quicker players, but he's been solid, in my opinion, and – Ramos got the red card the other day, <laughs> but before the red card, he was getting cooked. So, like, I, you know, we we can we can give out that that criticism to to, to a little bit of everybody. But to listen to your question, I think Ruiz is who I want to see. Um, you know, come in and and get some more game time, even when Verratti is is back. I think Gautier needs to start rotating a little bit because he's going to have to. Like we said, with the World Cup coming up, he's going to have to. So he might as well start doing it now. Well, Verratti not going to the World Cup, so he could play. He not that's going a good to the point. Not going to <laughs> the room. So yeah, that's tough. Not going. That's tough. Um, where do you, James? Where do you stand? You know, speaking of Donald Ruma, since you mentioned him, I think with the way and the players that we have, do you guys feel that you know Neymar and Messi and them have to like constantly drop so deep to get the ball? Like, do you feel that Donnarumma's lack of ability to to play with his feet and actually nine times out of ten just hoof the ball to the halfway line like is a detriment to like our play style um do you feel like we missed that game i feel like Navas was more adept with his feet and was able to play like line breaking passes or, or find individuals on the wing um and that's just not a part of Donovan's game and i wonder if it's like if it's hurting us right now or it's he can, can he grow into yeah that? i don't know i mean i don't know if he can grow into that like that's the that's how they play in in italy like that's the style like he just learns how to do that. So playing with the ball at his feet, I mean, he's going to spend the next seven seasons trying to learn how to do that because they just don't, like, the, their goalkeepers, the Italian goalkeepers, just don't play that way. Um, so that's just something he's going to have to learn or he's going to have to, I don't know, like, we don't even <laughs> we don't even have anybody that's good enough. I mean, we Navas is an all-time great. He's just He's just older, you know? But he does all of the things technically that we would need a goalkeeper to do. He's just older, right? And that's just a, a very cruel thing about life and time. Um, I think us dropping so deep, you know, that's that's one of the issues. I'm sure we'll get to the Mbappe stuff, but that's like one of the issues that our forwards are, are seeing is that they have to go so deep and, and retrieve the ball and then do, you know, the buildup play. And not only is it exhausting, but when you have a team like a Benfica that just clogged that midfield, 
it's very difficult for you to kind of maneuver through. And I think that speaks to the sheer brilliance of Neymar, how he is able to kind of skip through, as well as Messi, is how he's able to kind of like skip through and almost dance through defenders, especially the likes of a Benfica. Um, but those lanes are not always going to be there. And so like what happens when Messi is out, like Neymar has to work hard. He has to go deeper and retrieve the ball. I think I think we're doing it less this season because Vitinha is is pretty good. Um, and so that link up play is there in the midfield a little bit more than it's been in the past. So that's been a real bright spot, you know, especially when you factor in variety, who kind of has to play that box to box role. And that's usually how he racks up all of those, those yellow cards, just from like having to sprint and, you know, slide tackle and knock himself into someone. But I think we're seeing a lot less of it this season. I did notice it during the uh, the Benfica game, primarily because Messi wasn't there. So it's a, it's a combination of things. I don't necessarily, like, blame that on Donnarumma. Like, he does have two left feet, and that is going to be something or somewhat of a detriment to us. I mean, honestly, everything that we're kind of talking about here are, like, small little nits of things that PSG has to do right, right? So it's, like, not the, the worst thing in the world, but – like down the room and you cost us two goals in, in the Champions League last year to Real Madrid. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's one of those things where it's not the end of the world, but like when it happens and it's happening in dire situations that we cannot afford for it to happen again. Uh, I don't know how down the room fixes that. Again, it's just something ingrained in like Italian goalkeepers for some reason, but he's going to have to like adjust his game. Um, and we can't rely on our, our, our midfield or our forwards to go and have to retrieve the ball every time. Like, you're going to have to make the smart pass, Donnarumma. Uh, so that's my little rant there. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Donnarumma's so good, though. That's the thing. He is. He's, he's really like, good. No, he is. He's freaking he, good. He's like, listen, he's an imposing figure, right, like in between the sticks. He's a big goalkeeper. He's one of the best at, you know, stopping penalties, yeah. obviously. I know he didn't stop on this past game. But, listen, that's – Stopping penalties is a game of chance, right? It's like there's like an element of luck to it, just jump the right way. John, maybe you, you know, have insight into Don Rimmer. You're the only one of us currently that still plays football. So, like, you know, my thing is, listen, if teams are going to continue, especially when you play the, the better teams, the Man Cities, the Byrons, like teams are going to look at the tape and it's also in their DNA. They're going to press, right? And an effective press causes problems. If you can't play out of the press, Right. And you're just hoofing the ball to the midway line and then just constantly basically giving a 50 50 chance to, for the other team to get the ball right back. You're just constantly under pressure. Right. So do you feel like Donnarumma's inability to play with his feet is something that is going to continuously bite us in the ass? I mean, like, listen, we saw with Real Madrid last season, right, where he couldn't when he's under pressure. It's like he gets brain fog and he just can't make the right decision. We saw it against Benfica. Where was that one time where Marquinhos yelled at him because he said something and Marquinhos was like, no, it was your, that was your fault. Like you put yourself in that situation and he basically held the ball and then just kicked it out and gave a corner away because he didn't know what to do and he panicked. And I, we've seen that multiple times. It doesn't only happen in the league. It happens in the Champions League as well. Um, so what's your, your take on that? Do you think it is an issue or do you think that's something that we can overcome or it's eventually it's going to happen again and we're, he's going to give a goal or it's going to cost us? Um, I think we gotta we gotta observe that a little more before I feel like it's it's something that's detriment detrimental to the team and 
to the way I mean we this is this is PSG style. We we play out at the back. The last three managers that have been at Paris, they've played out the back. There's none of that Premier League hoofing it up the, the the pitch. Like we don't do that here. So and they knew they knew his his weaknesses when when they recruited him and and, and he knows what's expected what's expected of him being that we play out of the back and I don't think it is just in terms of how that affects us going forward I don't think it really does because essentially that comes down to the midfielders having control of the ball and being able to to to, to start to play with the Neymar and the Messi but in terms of him being indecisiveness and being indecisive and not and then panicking essentially that's what he's doing in that moment he's panicking that just comes down to him that's on between him and the goalkeeper coach got to work with and you know, obviously if it continues to be a problem then you know whatever that next step looks like then that's something Galtier and, and, and recruitment have to look at but I don't see it being uh, a huge issue uh that that's just that's just panicking bro like when you know you ain't really good with the ball at your feet you won't kick it. You're literally going to try to wait for a, a space to open up. And by the time you do that, somebody's already right in your face and boom, mistake happened. So that's all Donnarumma. This isn't nothing. Those are things that they said, like, um, like you can't coach, but you can coach that out of him. I think it's repetition and put him in those scenarios a lot in, in, in training, like put him in those scenarios and help him get out of that. But you, you know, you can't learn how to play with, with, with your left foot, if you're right footed, or your right foot, if you're left footed, like these are things that you just innate sensibility. Uh, but I don't think it's it's a huge issue yet. Um, I think in terms of it having uh, the, the question that you asked James earlier about Neymar and Messi coming deep, I think that's just the way this this team is set up. The team is literally set up for that. You're not playing with three midfielders. We're playing with two pivot with a, you know with Verratti and Vitinha. Their job is to is to destroy. And, and and get the ball to a Neymar and a Messi and attack because we have a right winger or a right back, whatever Hakimi is, my boy don't want to get into the action. Like, I don't, I don't understand what what his doubts and hesitation is with his athleticism and his speed. Like, he should be that outlet that Verratio Vitinha can give the ball to so it doesn't always have to go centrally through Neymar and Messi. And that's how PSG's dynamic. If you look at those first, like, five games we played under Galtier, like, that's where most of our attacks were coming from. Hakimi and Mendez, like, just gunning up the pitch. And when you have to occupy those spaces as defenders, you leave Neymar and Messi open in the middle. So it's, it, it comes down to the way this team is, 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 is built, man. Like, that's just how we have to play. And for Donnarumma, bro, you just got to, like, for me, like I said, he, that's something he has to put in time to work on, like, Get the ball out of there. That's that's my default. <laughs> Get the ball out of there. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And I think, you know, one thing I want everyone, anyone listening, you guys as well, to, like, keep an eye on. I think one thing, and it's funny that Danilo is, like, the person that I think – I'd love to, like, look at the stats to find this out. But I think one thing PSG lacks, and one of the reasons Neymar and Messi do come back, is that our, our center backs, none of them, like, have the ability to play progressive passes, like, at all. Like, if you actually watch the game, like, watch how many times, right, they pass left to right or pass backwards. You know, I think there was a time, and it's, I don't know what what's happened, but there was a time where I was like, yo, like, Marquinhos is one of the best passing center backs or ball playing center backs. Like, 
he would once a game or twice a game try like the long diagonal pass or he would, you know, find Mbappe um, or Neymar over the top or play like a line breaking pass past the midfield straight to um, the front line. And I think because we lack that aspect of our game, we could be so much more dangerous, right? You could be so much more dangerous if you had a center back who had the ability to play that pinpoint pass. And listen, even if we were to get Skriniar, I think someone had posted it, um, he does, that's not part of his game, right? Like he's young, he's a, he's a good center back, but you're not going to get that, that dynamic from him. And if Neymar and Messi continuously have to come back because no one outside of Verratti really has the ability to do that, like it, it's, it's just a flaw in our game. It's not something that maybe we, we can address right away. Maybe it's not anything that we can address at all, right? But it, just pay attention to it. And I think that is something that if we had that aspect or could add someone like Ruiz as well, like he's a midfielder who, you know, has the ability to do that, but maybe it's he's still finding his space or finding his way. Since he's joined, I haven't seen him play line-breaking passes. He's the same thing. It's something that Fred just did, right? It's left to right or backwards. Verratti truly is the only one that is looking to play that line-breaking pass to unlock the defense. And if we could get someone else in the midfield or center back to help progress the ball, I think it would really take our attack, you know, to the next level and unlock so much more and we'd be so much more of a dangerous threat. And I think you get that with the Man Cities, right? Look at, look at Cancelo, look at their, their right backs. I mean, um, you know, who's, is it uh, Cancelo or Cancelo who like plays left wing back or, or right back for, for Man City that plays these like ridiculous passes, right? You get it with Trent. Yes, he has his deficient deficiencies as a defender, but when you have the ability to play that pinpoint that pinpoint ball from you know unexpected angles or different areas of the pitch, it just changes the entire way that people have to defend you and the way that your offense functions. So um, something to keep an eye on. You know, I think Donnarumma is it's not like super detrimental, but it is an issue, and it just makes it more of I think a compounding issue when your defenders don't alleviate that pressure as well, right, to beat the press because they can't play those balls either. So it is what it is, but. Two more match days to go. Um, Le Classique coming up this weekend. PSG, you know, is dealing with a few injuries. Mendez is still injured. Messi is questionable for this weekend. Um, Mbappe, minor ankle injury. It looks like um, Kempembe was back in training this week. Verratti, um, he'll be there, but he won't be in the next match day. And then I believe Sanchez was also in training this week as well. James, start with you, Ben. What are you looking to see this weekend? You know, we're playing a team that is third in the table um, in the league and that, and that is currently second in the table in their Champions League group, um, tied, looking like they have the opportunity to, you know, advance to the next stage. So this isn't, you know, a bottom feeder team. It's our rival. It is like Classique. You know, what are you expecting or what are you looking to see the team produce this weekend? Are we at home or away? Well, that's a good question. Let me see. But that's going to change my answer. So this weekend is going to be at the park. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I feel like. So wait. So for context for you, right? This weekend at the park, let classic messy questionable, no Ramos. So Hmm. what we're probably going to see is Marquinhos, Danilo, and then Mukiele. I almost forgot about him. So we do have a um, another option there. So he'll probably play three at the back, and then you know who knows what uh, what type of yeah. combination will play up front. But it is like classic, right? So 
Yeah, I mean, I, I always expect the intensity of Blake Classic. I think that we need we need a solid win. You know, I think there's a lot of noise around the club. There's a lot of politics going on. We need a solid win because winning seems to solve everything, even in the immediate, you know, maybe not the long term. Uh, plus, I think we we really need to start breaking away in the uh, in the table. I don't like us with all of these like draws that have been happening as of recent. And they've been because of like minor things that we could have fixed. Um, you know, I really want us to, to have a really solid performance, especially because we're going to be in the park. Fans are going to be extremely loud. <laughs> I mean, there might be some fights, but um, yeah, I think we just need to show up and, you know, Marseille is coming off of a convincing win today against Sporting. I mean, Sporting had a red card, so make of it what you will. Uh, but they won, so they're feeling themselves a little bit, and you know how that's going to go. There's there's going to be some fights. There's going to be a few yellow cards. There might be an ejection. Uh, you know how it gets, but I do think that we need to show up for ourselves and have at least a convincing win against this team to to start putting some of the win back in ourselves. Um, just looking at the body language of the team uh, post the Benfica match, there there wasn't that sign of energy. There wasn't that sign of like, you know, we didn't do so bad, even, even with a draw. Uh, I am curious to see what happens with Messi. I think, honestly, if he is not feeling like 100%, they're going to treat him with cake gloves. The last thing you want to do is have Messi miss any like substantial time off with a world cup coming up. Uh, so if he's feeling the slightest inconvenience, like they're, they're not going to play him and rightfully so. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not putting too much. I'm not putting too much stock into this game. It is like classic, but I think we go in there and handle business. I, I don't see why not. Yeah. The, the official word on Messi right now is um, day to day, but he is getting better. It looks like, according to RMC Sport, the club does hope he'll play on Sunday um, and a decision will be made as early as Saturday. So Saturday, we, we should know. John, I'll put you on the spot, man. Uh, win, lose, or draw on Sunday? Ooh. I'm actually going with a draw, man. Like, I was actually literally was just thinking about you asking that question or me, like, you know, just mentioning that. Like, I, I think it's going to be a draw just given our form. Right now, in the um, you know, Messi, Messi being questionable, Mendez is still out. Kipembe is not gonna, he's back in training this week, but he's probably not gonna make that match. Um, just our form, the way we're playing, the off the field stuff, and obviously, we'll get into that at the end, but like, I don't want to diminish that how that how much that plays into the morale of the team. But it is the classic, and it, it you know, everybody's gonna be up for it. But I, I think it's worth mentioning this is one of the better Marseille teams that we faced, you know, in the last couple of years in terms of just the strength of the team. And um, they, they, they might not be the strongest Marseille team, but in terms of like in form at the moment, like the, their second, their, you know, their, their second in their group in the, in the Champions League, which is good because we need more French teams to get out the group stage and just, you know, do better in Europe. Regardless, but um, you know they're doing well in the league. They've only lost one game, I believe, uh, drawn two. So like they're they're in form right now. 
Um, they have some ballers like Nuno Tavares from Arsenal, the kid on loan. He he came out the gate flying. Um, they they signed Alexis Sanchez. That was a gamble, but he's paying off for them. Uh, Ganduzi's a baller. The, the right back, Jonathan Klaus, like they have good players on there. And, you know, it's, you know, Marseille is never scared of us. Like that's that's one thing you can always just know that, you know, whenever it comes to the classic. Marseille, they they don't care about none of that star power. They don't care about none of that fashion, none of that. They are they're gonna come at our necks. And in regards to rushing Messi back, this is not the game that you want to rush any of those boys back to because they're gonna be out there for blood. So you, you have to you have to keep that in mind. But I I think just based off of form for us, more so us than than Marseille, it could it could be another draw. Yeah. It was- I was leaning draw as well. I want to say, you know, since you said draw, I'm going to say win. Um, I'm going to I'm going to try and be like optimistic, right, and say that like PSG and you know the players they they understand this. I do wish that Ramos was playing in this game. Um, I I agree. I don't I don't think Messi would even go out there if he's not 100% just because of the World Cup. Like we're literally so close. Um, the last thing you'd want is for any of these players to um, to miss the World Cup. You know, I think. Listen, Marseille isn't. They're they're not PSG, you know, in terms of quality, like you said. But there are no pushovers, right? Like ten games played, seven wins versus our eight wins. They only have two draws. They only they've only lost once, and you know we've scored twenty eight. They've scored twenty. Obviously, it's a decent you know gap, but that's what you expect with the the golf and talent you know on the attacking side of the ball. We've allowed five goals. They've allowed seven, right? So it's it's not um they're really not there that far off and you know their form or recent form is better than ours they've won three of the last four you know with with one blip it looks like they did lose a game um in the league i'm not sure to who oh to ac um Jaxio, i think that's the team so that is a team that's in the in the relegation fight so that is a you know a, a little blemish in the resume but but listen like you said right they're always up for this game um could be some red cards, definitely some yellow cards. It seems like every time we play these guys, there's at least one or two reds the last couple of times. So what I'm praying for is, is a win. But more importantly, what I'm praying for is that everyone makes it out of this game healthy. Exactly. Right. And I, <laughs> no injuries. That, yeah, I wouldn't want that for our season. But more importantly, I wouldn't want any of these players to to miss the upcoming World Cup. And, and who knows, right? Maybe maybe players are thinking that. But I'm looking at Marseille's lineup and thinking, like, how many of their players are going to the World Cup? Right, that they they feel the need to to lay off, um, but there definitely is is bad blood there. But but we'll see. So I'm gonna go win. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna go win, and, and hopefully these guys show up, man. Hopefully they do it for the fans, and hopefully they equally the players understand the importance of this game and the importance um, of just trying to right the the ship in terms of the draws and performances. Um, you know, get a win in the classic get a win against Maccabi Haifa. And then, like you said, James, right, winning cures all. You know, so you, you get a big win in this game. You get a win and, and lock up the knockout stages. You know, it probably quiets down some of the the out or the external noise that we're hearing. So we'll see. Um, PSG and Killian, guys, the gift that keeps on giving. You know, I think it's, no. uh, yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. Get into it. Let's just no. you know, let, let, let's address the <laughs> elephant in the room. Um, I think the three of us have spoken about this. I was just like, I don't even want to talk about this, but we wouldn't. Uh, I'm sure other fans are, are thinking about it. They want to hear about it. So 
Listen, only 143 days ago, 143 days ago, Killian signed a two-year extension with the option for a third. And I'm sure just as we, excuse me, just as we thought, you know, listen, things are calm. Let's get back into, into potting. Um, let's have a drama-free season. Literally yesterday, you know, two hours before the game, we're bombarded with reports from multiple sources across Europe. Killian feels betrayed by the club. The relationship is broken. There's no going back. He feels uh, Nasser and the club lied to him. They sold him promises that they haven't met, and he wants out as early as January. Now, listen, I think we're, we're all in agreement that two things can be true, right? If they are true, this is all speculative. Um, Killian can be unhappy. Will Killian be sold in January? I find that to be highly unlikely, even if he, you know, even if this relationship truly is broken for, for whatever reasons. Um, I think some fans, which we spoke about, were thinking that this was just another Spanish media ploy. I think that we're, you know, and I'll give you guys a chance to address this, but I think we're all in agreement, I think, by saying that, you know, enough sources and French sources um, have come out, enough, you know, reputable journalists have come out and at least said that, you know, Killian is upset. Um, I think one thing that has been made clear is Killian has not asked to leave the club. He has not asked to um has gone to Camp Campos or Nasser or anybody and said, hey, I want out and like handed in a formal request. Um, he's just told people around him that he's unhappy and he and he wants to leave and he wants out. Right. So I think some of the things that have been said is that he was promised he would be played in his preferred position, which that's where the hashtag pivot game came from. Um, he doesn't like to be played as a solo striker. Um, I think this has been brewing for a little bit where even, you know, as recently as hit the most recent international break, he talked with an interview or during the interview where he mentioned he enjoys playing more with France than he does with PSG at the current time, just because of the freedom he gets, right? He wants more of that free role. Um, similar to what, you know, Neymar and Messi have, you know, he feels that, you know, he doesn't want to play as a solo striker up front. He was told that a striker was going to be brought in. Um, yes, we brought in Ekatike, but, you know, as we've seen, he's clearly not ready. Um, he's still a very raw um, and a very, you know, junior product. He's not ready to, to shine and take that that full-time striker spot. Um, and we weren't able to do that in terms of, you know, bringing someone in. We targeted uh, Samaka from Sassuolo, but that didn't, you know, that fell through for whatever reason. Um, Neymar remains at the club. Uh, it seems like as much as we try and push this, where there's smoke, there is fire, right? So these guys, they just don't get along like they used to, right? And maybe Mbappe did want him gone and, you know, that that wasn't fulfilled. Um, no center back was brought in and we're not playing his preferred formation either, which is the 4-4-2 apparently. So James, I'll start with you, man. Just what's your take on the rumors, you know, what do you think about Mbappe in general? You know, I guess there's so much to talk about here, so much speculation, what's true, what's not true, but I'm sure we all have feelings on it. So I'll, I'll start with you. Just what's your initial reaction to, to what you've heard in the past 24 hours? I'm so tired, man. To be honest, so tired. Every season, it seems like there is, we, we, are, we are fighting a war on two fronts. It is. Champions League is probably the hardest trophy to lift in all the sports just because of the format and structure and, you know, randomness of Champions League. That's already stressful enough. 
And then you have all of these political situations with players um, who are, you know, world-class talent. And I think it comes to a point where the club just has to put its foot down and, you know, take the reins of this situation. Now, I think, obviously, my phone was ringing um, right before the Benfica match, much like the both of you, where damn near every news outlet was reporting the same exact story. So that tells me, because I'm not an idiot, that Mbappe's camp obviously put that story out. Um, and it, it, I'm even more sure of it because Kylian Mbappe has not come out to refute it or say anything at all. So there's truth there, and it's his camp that put the story out. That being said, this is not like the last time. This is not like the summer where Mbappe wanted to go to Real Madrid and the media, fans, and everybody in between was saying, PSG, just take the money. You're being stupid. Just This is not that. This is the first time that I've seen both media and business and fans alike all say, Mbappe, you're being ridiculous. And it's a welcome sight for a team that doesn't get much favoritism in the media or from other clubs. I think, um, you know, Jamie Carragher's uh, statements, as well as Thierry Henry, their statements, uh, they ring true. The club has given you everything. Now, certainly all concessions haven't been made. But it wasn't like they didn't try. I mean, we got on here and talked about how how much of an overhaul uh, the PSG roster had taken in one transfer window. Like, we damn near got everything in one transfer window. It was insane. You haven't seen that before. Just a turnover of a squad like that in one window. That is a feat in and of itself. And it's also a show of good faith. But the team, excuse me, the club is not going to uh, bend over backwards or, or break itself to appease one player because we didn't get everything on this Christmas list. It's like the child where if you give an inch, they take a mile. And this is turning into that situation. The unfortunate part for Killian this time is that he doesn't have the support of the media that he once did. They're looking at him like a spoiled, petulant child. And if you're trying to make your case behind closed doors for PSG to sell you and move on, you don't have the media support like you did the first time you did this. Because everyone's asking the question, you have two of the greatest players to ever play the game, and you're still crying. So Not just, only are they... Just real quick just like to play devil's advocate and I, I agree with what you're saying right but how do you change because you're saying like the club's not going to bend over backwards but isn't that what they've been doing right like didn't the club bend over backwards and beg this kid to stay like in his eyes he's never i think it was Thierry Henry who said it's like he's acting like someone who's never heard no he's never been told no since he got here for monaco he has been spoiled 
he's been you know given everything he wants they made these promises so he's looking at it like bro i'm you asked me to stay i could have gone to my dream club i wanted to get back to my my city to to my hometown club so i stayed but i was told x y and z was going to happen that's why i signed the contract and now oh, you haven't sure. and now you haven't when, done it right so and listen you sh- i agree right and they always say this like it's like the the harry kane thing with the contract like the the gentleman's handshake, right? Of like the release cause will we'll, we'll let you go. Then Tottenham didn't let him go. You should never believe a gentleman's handshake. You should get things in writing. But that's, I'm just playing devil's advocate in terms of this, the stance of, of like, course. oh, like why should the club bend over? It's like all he's known his entire career since he's been at PSG is them bending over and giving him whatever he wants. Of course. But even in that, even in that sentiment, when I say bending over, that means they're not going to overpay for Skriniar, right? Like they could have. And they could have got the player, but that doesn't make business sense to the club. So even in that, we're seeing a bit of a difference, right? They tried for Lewandowski, didn't happen, but they still put together a comprehensive club that is winning games, right? It'd be a it'd be a different story if we were, you know, crashing in the league and we're at the bottom of the uh, of the table in our group in the Champions League. Then you'd have a compelling case. But they're winning games, and this is a process that needs to take place. We don't know what's going to happen in January, right? There were potential talks of PSG trying to ramp up conversations with Inter Milan in January. Maybe that'll have some some you know semblance of becoming true. Maybe they'll wait till the summer when he's on the free. But we'll see. But it's it's happening, and we're not losing. And for once, you have a Neymar that is like in exceptional form and scoring and you have Messi like leading assists for the club so things are working now what I will say is I understand not wanting to play the role in the position that Mbappe is forced to play in like I get that and how that can throw your game off especially in a uh, excuse me especially in a world cup year where you're playing a certain way for your for your country but you're playing a different way for your club and how difficult that can be to kind of like switch and that's not your natural position like that is fair but like all of this other stuff where it's like you promised me this you promised me this and dude they've done a lot already and yeah they haven't said no in the past but i do feel like this go around it's not going to be as simple as he thinks especially with other clubs kind of saying like well we see what's going on with psg and Maybe we don't want that headache. So, like, I mean, I take that at face value because it's killing Mbappe. But the fact that the media has this position, but it didn't have this position in the past, it's very telling. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I, I have a, a lot to say about this. Uh, I'm gonna let uh, John go. But just like you said, right? I think there are worse things. Right? Like, ima- imagine being so selfish or self-centered that you're in a team that you're playing with Neymar and Messi who are two of the most creative players in the world who are feeding you it's not like you're playing you know a solo nine where you're having or being asked to play hold up play right and receive the ball at at the feet and then wait for individuals to you know play into the box you're getting serve service every time you're anytime you ask for the ball you're getting service you're getting assists that are just like absolutely insane, but being so self-centered that 
because you're not playing where you want to play or the formation isn't the formation that you handpicked or we're not mirroring the same formation as your national team that now you just want to burn it all down, right? Because you don't want to share or play in the sandbox with, with the other people, right? And it, it's like you said, it's not like, it's not like Killian is playing with people that are so below him. Like a, you literally have to look across the dressing room and look at a Messi who has in the last year and a half adapted his game to fit PSG. You're looking at a Neymar who at times had to adapt his game. So you're looking at arguably two of the other top five players in the world and saying, I don't care about you guys. It's it's only what I want and I'm not getting what I want. So I'm just going to leave. You know, it, it just looks bad, right? The optics are terrible. Um, I agree. The media is not on his side. Craig Burley, who, you know, shits on PSG all the time, has been today was just like, I feel bad for PSG. I feel bad for the individuals that did all the work to get him to stay. I feel bad for the fans that have to continuously deal with the drama. Um, and he's like, he's his head has just become too big. You know, like I said, even Henri was just like, there was times when I was at Barcelona that I played positions with Messi that I didn't want to play but I did it for the good of the team. You voice your opinions, but if the team is winning games and the team is playing well, you continue to make sacrifices for the team, right? So, um, John, what what was your take? I know originally when the report first came out, you were just like, it's just another Champions League day. You know, this is, um, you know, Spanish media just drawing attention and trying to unstabilize us. Do you still feel like this is just something to unstabilize us or do you now see that this is maybe more real than you think and what is just your take on the whole situation you know with Killian and and the rumors yeah I still I still believe that because um uh timing it's just timing for me like yeah the reports can be whatever they are but the timing of it it happens every year um and to follow up on that even the media part report that came out today that PSG um paid a whole bunch of bots or an army of whatever to to pretty much put out propaganda against PSG players and the staff members, which just doesn't make sense from a business standpoint. So from that, that perspective... Me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I put out that propaganda. <laughs> so it, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's just the dudes on Twitter who who have like a professional football as their, as their avi, as their icon. That's that's who's putting out that propaganda. But, so to be no, so but, to be clear, you don't uh, believe you don't believe these reports. You don't believe that Killian like that, that's what I meant. No. Do you believe that he wants to leave and that he's unhappy? Yeah, no. Two things can be true, right? Yeah, like I, I, I like I said, two two things can be true. He does feel that way, but I feel like either this information was already known, and the timing of it that that's my issue. Killian Mbappe has known he's wanting to leave PSG, whether it's in January and in July or whenever, 2024, he's going to leave PSG. And I think the timing of the report is to destabilize PSG because the source of that report was from Marca and RMC, RMC in France, Marca in, in Spain. This happens literally every year. So from that perspective, I still believe that it's, it's, it's a whole lot of nothing in terms of, um, the, all the hoopla around it. But at the core, I believe Kylian Mbappe got Messi and Neymar effed up. He thought they was going to be scrubs this year. Let's, let's get into it. He thought they were going to be scrubs this year. And yes, so he, he had the leverage. He had the leverage when he was negotiating the contract because Messi looked like trash. Neymar wasn't looking like nothing. And he was the big dog last year. Now this year has come. 
And it's like, oh, it's not as sweet as I thought it was. He didn't get the coach he wanted. So, like, don't tell me after the fact that now you feel some type of way. You knew y'all couldn't get Zidane. You knew Neymar was staying. You knew Messi was staying. Um, what's what, what's the issue now? So, for me, like, the things that I try to think about, is it really Killian or is it his pops and his moms and, and the clan? Because, you know, he's still young, and I don't know how much of the power he has in those decisions. Like, obviously, your mom's going to ask you, like, hey, what do you want? And then I'll go tell the agent or whoever, this is what my son wants, but I'm going to tell it my way to, to you know, to configure it in, in, in a way that's likable for the parents or whoever is running the, 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 the Mbappe clan, which is like, is making it sound like it's so rough and tough. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think that there is something there, but it just doesn't make sense for me, for him, as someone who his image has been spotless like it's been it's been good for him and like does Killian really want to put him put him out put himself out there as a villain like Neymar wore that when they was calling him the villain like Neymar he got that 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 demeanor and that characteristic like he can he can he can take that on and, and play that, that villain role Mbappe's not built like that Mbappe's like no that's that's not him that's not in his that's not in his or that's not his that's not you bro like so for me, it seems disingenuous from that perspective, from a footballing standpoint. Like y'all said, bro, you're playing with two of the greats. What What is the issue? <laughs> like you play with two of the best ever. And if you want to play the position that Neymar and Messi, he, he Mbappe can't take the ball from from the midfield and, and, and dance and dribble through players. He can do that from the wing and, and use that that space. But in, in, in space where it's clogged up, he's not built like that. So, number one, just like from a tactical perspective, it doesn't make sense to play Mbappe as a 10 because you're, you're, using, you're not using his full potential as a coach. And then number two, if, 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 you, if, if the reports are saying that he wants to go to, 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 to Madrid, where are you going to play? As a nine? Benzema's there, and if Benzema leaves, you're not going to play on the wing because Vinicius is there. They're not about to get Vinicius for you. Vinicius. That's not happening. That's not, not happening. happening. And so it's and it, it's just it just all seems weird to me. Like uh, I was listening to the the ESPN um, uh, ESPN FC report today with Jules, and I think Jules is he's a good reporter, but like he said something to uh, I believe to Craig or Frank. He said, no, Killian didn't say to – no, they were talking about Compo saying that Killian never came up to me and told me that. He said that he just wants to leave. Like, okay, if you're Campos, if I'm the sporting director, if I hear that, yeah, that will be my answer. Like, he didn't say that to me because if, if, if any transfer is going to happen, it's going to come through to me. It's going to come through the club. So, it, like, what, I, I didn't understand that rebuttal because you're saying the same thing. So for me, it comes down to he's not leaving in January because nobody's paying that ticket. Uh, they're saying Chelsea's going to do it, but I, I don't. I don't see that happening. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I don't see that happening. Nobody else can afford him in Madrid. Yeah, that that's not happening in January. So from that from that perspective, I would tell PSG fans to like to like be calm. Like he's not going anywhere. You know, until potentially at the end of the season. Now where that can disturb the locker room. That's where I have the issue. And again, I pointed out to the Benfica match yesterday. Like they, they, you, like James, you said it. Like he came out that tunnel. Like body language wasn't good. You know, like these are the things that we can see. 
you, you can see like him and Neymar are forcing it. Like it's not, you know, the moves ain't going how they used to anymore. So like that's where the the destabilization happens from the, the media, from killing the Mafia himself, and let's not forget PSG needs to be held with responsibility as well because. Y'all started with giving Neymar these luxury contracts and all this power. Where do you think Killian got this attitude from? Where do you think he saw that he can even try to talk to y'all like that from? He saw y'all do it with Neymar. So PSGs also should, you know, should hold responsibility because y'all gave him all this leverage and this is what comes with it. So it's unfortunate. I'm not going to feel sorry for PSG as a club because this is what this is the bed that you made. This this is it. It's spilling out in the streets. Our business is all in the streets. Everybody know our problems. It's ugly, bro. I'm tired of talking nasty about business. this. It's, 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 it's ugly, bro. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is nasty. I think, listen, I think I agree. I think both things can be true. I don't think Mbappe is, is going anywhere um, in January. I do think that Mbappe and his people leaked this. I do think that this was their doing. Um, I think it, the timing, like strategic, uh, I, I do think, you know, you mentioned Mbappe isn't this person, but when I look back at it, like the last two years, I feel like Mbappe has constantly been in the in the news or media for things non-related to football, right? Like before it was the uncertainty and stuff that he was, you know, associating or putting out there about Madrid or then it was this summer about him not wanting Neymar around. And that was sorry, the story of the summer. Not that I disagree with this, but this past summer as well, or this past um, year, actually, it's been about him refusing to go to photo shoots for sponsors and him, you know, not wanting to give his image rightfully with the France team. And it just feels like a lot of times recently Mbappe has begun to be in the media more for what's going on off the pitch than what's going on on the pitch. And then, listen, I don't know how much, how true this is, right, or how much this plays into it. It, it may be nothing, but it's like Messi and Neymar are hooping, and Bobby's also having a good season, so I don't know like why individuals wouldn't be talking about him as well. But then you have the gentleman at Man City who is eating up all the headlines, right? Does Mbappe have time? What are you talking about? <laughs> Doug. They got to say his name. What are you yeah, talking Erling, about? Bro. I'm talking about Erling, dog. Erling. Come on, man. Come Listen, on, man. Terminator, dog. Ivan Drago. He's out there just eating up goals. And I think <laughs> when you have someone that's as competitive as Mbappe is, is that playing into it, right? Is, is him not having the headlines? Yeah, I think it's something even Ed said, right? Like, and I think we had brushed it off. Shout out to Ed. Is when there was talk about, oh, Madrid could get Holland and get Mbappe. And then there was talks about him not wanting Neymar around. Ed was like, well, if he wants to be the big man, is he going to be able to share the spotlight with, with Holland? Shit, no, nope. maybe, maybe it was more right than I thought because I was like, oh, no, he, he, he could do it. Don't worry about it. But maybe Ed was right, right? Like maybe this is an issue. Um, so there's a lot. Wait, to, to, your, to your point, Ty, to your point. Even not even just the Holland thing, you got to think Mbappe is built for like in his brain. He's 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 on goat level. He's yeah. going for the Ballon d'Ors. He's going for the Ballon d'Ors. He's going for those. So Neymar is is the ops too. Neymar is competition for him. Listen, too. I told you guys yesterday. <laughs> and the numbers are looking better for Neymar. I'm gonna go on record as saying this. All right, okay. I'm gonna Let's go on it. record as saying this. I've said it before. 
I'm a I'm a Neymar and Mbappe fan. Love them both. Um, when they're both in form, at the top of their game, mm-hmm. playing at the at the the peak fitness, peak form, Mbappe cannot lace Neymar's boots. That is a spicy ass take. Listen, <laughs> right. Listen. I'll that. say He's this. Standing on that. Hey. I told you guys I'll... yesterday, right? Like <laughs> Neymar is Neymar is. He's playing the game and getting his instructions from a different textbook. He's reading a completely different book than Mbappe yes. is reading. Now, listen, sure. John said John said it yesterday, right? Like, is Mbappe a more clinical finisher? Yes. Yes, he is, 100%, right? Outside of just finishing, Neymar's game, playmaking, better, passing, vision, dribbling, going. technical going. ability. Keep going. Flair, whatever you want, it is at a different level. Neymar is what 31. Neymar is not as fast as he used to be, and on his day is still top three, top four best players in the world. I hate this term, right? Like pace and power. But Mbappe is in his 20s. Like, if Mbappe didn't have his speed, what is he? That's an even spicier take. Nah, man, hold on. <laughs> Listen, I'm just, I'm just Hold asking on, you, bro. Just asking. No, okay. So, so yes, yes, and right. He no, but but, so, but answer me. If he, as he listen, older, I'm going to tell you. What is my that? my biggest criticism of Kylian Mbappe has always been that he is like pace and power first. And I remember early in his PSG career, he would just run. And like run himself into a corner so much so that like defenders knew he's going to run down the pitch. Let's just box him into a corner because he can't make the pass. He has gotten a lot better with his passing, but you have a phenomenon in Neymar on the pitch to compare him to. So his passing ability looks mortal in comparison to Neymar. Like everybody. Well, I mean, Messi is the like assist leader for BSG too. So that's a whole nother story, but I'm just saying like, Mbappe is a better passer than he was, but he still has two aliens on the pitch as well. And I'm sure that no, bothers yeah, yeah. And Mbappe's not the only one, right? Like, I'm not talking about, like, Mbappe specifically. I'm really talking about, like, the, this new generation of footballers, right? Like, they're, they're not in Neymar's class on his day, and that's Holland included, right? Like, Holland is uh, – listen, he gets goals. Are they tap-ins? Yes, it's because the system he plays in. He's a great goal scorer. The dude just has been eating up goals – since he was a teenager, but his game just isn't in the class of the Neymars and the Messi's, right? And and my point is this, right? Is Mbappe's a great player. He's a generational talent. Again, I love him. Um, I just don't think on his day that he's as that he's on the same planet as Neymar. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be honest with you, right? On, on his I mean, day, you you gotta come. You're like we're we're comparing a different points in their lives. At this point of of Neymar's career, we were looking at him like, yo, he's an alien too. He's still an alien, obviously, but, like, at, at 21, 22, 23, Neymar was balling just like Mbappe is, too. So it's like, you know, I I agree with you in terms of just, like, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not I'm not even going to repeat what you're saying. No, wait, 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 hold up. Let me, let me clarify. <laughs> let me clarify. Bro, I said they were saying Neymar said, was on the throne. I said today. I'm not even talking about when uh-huh. Neymar was in his prime. Today, Neymar at 31 in his he's peak still form. Saying now. Oh, now he's saying today. Close. That's why oh. I said it was spicy. <laughs> today. Oh. If, if he's saying right now. In 2022, mm. if they are both like Neymar is not injured, he's 100% fit, he's got his boots on that day, 
bro, he's playing on a diff- he's playing out of a different textbook. And we've seen it, right? And that's uh, bothering that's we'll bothering look, Mbappe. Let's take a look at last year. And I agree with the point that you're making. Yes. Like the overall point that you're making is correct. And it's what I'm saying. It, he's he's watching his competitor put up better numbers than him. He's watching somebody who's 10, 15 years older than him put up better numbers than him. And then, then you look at the you look at the 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 ratio in which Mbappe passes to Neymar compared to how Neymar and Messi pass to each other, like there's a disconnect there as well. But again, if we look at last season, Mbappe was the one who was showing out. Neymar wasn't. This year, they're all showing out. And they're all in peak fitness. So, so we're seeing it, it, it's kind of hard to make that case because when when they were both in peak fitness last season, Mbappe was still doing his thing. Neymar wasn't. This season, Mbappe is still doing his thing. Neymar is too, but Mbappe had And Neymar wasn't in peak fitness last year, though. He had a belly. He was eating honey buns. You've seen that, right? Like, yeah. Come on, bro. He wasn't. He wasn't. Nah, we, listen, we called it out. We said he was nah, fat. We, we said he was, it, he was a little big. Listen, it's World Cup year. Like, Neymar, if we're being honest, like, he really hasn't been, like, he really hasn't been interested in soccer the last two seasons, bro. He's been doing whatever. Like, <laughs> he's been gambling. Yeah, he's been playing so online. He's been gambling with Drake. Yeah, bro. He's playing with Ninja, playing Fortnite. He's doing whatever. But, like, the World Cup came around, and he's like, oh, shit. Like, that's, like, his utmost priority. So he's going to be, you know, at his peak level. And we've seen it, right? Like, the year that Mbappe was hurt, we went to the, the final. Yes, it the whole point about being clinical, but look back at those games, bro, but against RB Leipzig, against Atalanta, against, even against Bayern Munich, um, bro, Neymar was the best player on the pitch. Outside yeah, of being I able heard. to finish, he was the best player on the pitch because he was invested. When he's invested, he is playing on another planet. And there's only, Messi is the only person when he's on form, you know, and like that can be that guy. But Neymar is that dude, bro. He is that guy. Right. And I agree. And we should on him. Right. For like for a lot of things. But like at this moment in time, he's playing his part. Right. He's not causing. I do think I do think Ney is getting his flowers right now, even from the media. Like he's getting. But it also stems from the hate that Killian is getting, too. So it's just like they're (laughs) interchanging the love and the hate from the media. So, yeah, I think, listen, I think Killian is is definitely listen. I'm a big Killian fan, but I'm after the situation. I'm definitely like. Uh, it's becoming harder. I always root for him because, like, as because he wears the PSG crest and he's on, he's on my team. And listen, I want my team to do well. So in order for my team to do well, I need him to do well. I just feel like the last, and I could be in the minority, but I don't think I am. I think the last 12 months, it's become a little bit harder to root for Killian, right? It's become a little bit harder. Like, I've stood by him. I've, you know, defended him in situations. But like, the more this happens, and now this one where like you sat in the on a podium in front of all the fans and held up a shirt and talked about how you were in love with the project and this is your city and this is your team and your business isn't done here for then literally that's Neymar's team yeah that's now, Neymar's team man literally for five months later <laughs> for you to be in the media talking about 143 days later that things aren't going your way so basically all I'm reading is all that talk about this is your city this is your team this is the project that you want to be a part of was all bullshit yeah well, yeah. I think honestly, though, I think he did believe that when he re-signed and then he went to training camp and saw that Neymar is still him. 
Neymar was right. insane. Yeah. Like, he that was this unexpected like, thing, though. Right? <laughs> Neymar been in the gym. He saw Neymar was eating broccoli and, and Basmati that's, rice. That's the thing. That was the that's unexpected the twist in the tail. Like, oh, he's back. But I, I think, yes, Kai, you are, you are correct. It is going to be, man, I can't wait for this World Cup because France is going to have to see one of these teams. They're going to have to see Brazil or they're going to have to see Argentina. They're going to have to see one of these teams. And whoever <laughs> comes out of that, I can't wait to see what that locker room looks like post-World Cup. Post-World because Cup. one Neymar of those three teams. Nutmegs and Mbappe, though, in the World States, Oh, my bro. God. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh. <laughs> no. Are you serious? The internet. I can't wait. No, I can't so wait. We'll see, man. But listen, it's, it's, it's just been tough. I think um, it's just a bad luck overall. Um, so I'll, I'll ask this question. And this is a, this is a good question because I saw someone ask Jules this question um, on a podcast. I'll ask the question and then I'll ask, I guess, if you think it's a good idea. So question for both of you. Start with James. Outside of January, after the summer transfer window in t- uh, this upcoming summer, when next season starts, is Mbappe still a part of PSG? Not in, not in January after the, the winter window, but after the summer. Season's over. We're getting ready to have the first match next season. Is Mbappe still here? It is, there's too many variables. There's just too many I, variables. For just me. give me yeah, – yeah, no. it's, it's not a concrete answer. Just give me what your gut tells you where we are able to change this answer at a later date with new information, but just what does your gut tell you right now with what you know? Uh, yes. Yes, he will. Okay. John? Yes. No. Um, yeah, no. I don't think he's going to be here because um, I didn't think he was going to be here last window. I was actually surprised that he resigned with us last last window. So, and from what we can tell with these reports coming out, with the reports that came out last summer, he feels exactly the same way. I think the PSG thing, that's the part I'm not understanding. Like, so why did you resign? Like, why did you, if you never wanted to be here, it just logistically just does not make sense. But no, I don't think. And then this right here, like this is a cesspool full of bullshit. Like what's going on right now? It's not good for nobody. So like to come out of this and to see any positivity, like to like just move, just projecting, looking forward. I don't see it just like from this alone. I feel like this is the, this is the, the one that, that you've gone too far, like Mbappe or your clan, whoever y'all have gone too far. And Jules mentioned this uh, when he was on, on TV earlier, like they're gonna have that conversation, like him and his team with this weekend or this week with with, week. with Nassar with, with Nassar and, and um and Galtier, they're gonna have to have, have that conversation, and I'm interested to see what comes out of that. But just based off of his his like disposition over the last couple of like months, like yeah, no, nah, I, I don't think I don't think he he he's he's gonna be here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I've. And I'm actually I'm, okay I'm leaning, with that. Yeah, I think I am. I think I am. So, John, do you think it's in the – and Jules so – I think someone's asked Jules this question too, and it's a great question. Is like, do you think it's in the best interest of PSG this summer if someone does come to the table with somewhere between 150 or 200 to just cash in, take the money, and just let him go and just – and wipe your hands? Yeah, yeah, I, I do I do believe so. I, I, my Me personally – 
I, I Jules sounded really sure with that price point. I think it's worth more than that. Maybe around 200, 250, maybe. But um, yeah, take the money because you don't need to go through this again. Like we don't need to go through this again. Yeah, as it currently stands right now, listen again, generational talent. Again, this is not saying what we think this is going to happen. This is not saying that um, we expect this to happen or we want it to happen. This is just what we potentially think. Just with the drama, like, and just wanting to have a football team that's like, watch a season, cohesiveness, not have to, you know, go to ESPN or open an article and read stuff. If someone told me, and I said this before, like I said, I would have taken the 180 last summer. I'm on record or saying, you did. That, right? You I said did. I would have taken it. If someone does come. The difference is now that PSG has the leverage. Um, Jules did say that PSG won't sell in January, but they potentially would be open to a sale at the right price in the summer. If someone was to come, if someone was was to give us 250 in the summer, I think I'd take that and run. I think I'd, I'd wipe my hands and say, you know what, with 250, potentially maybe we convince Messi to stay one more year. You still have Neymar playing. You have Verratti. Verratti is potentially going to get locked up. You can do a lot with 250 mil. And yeah, be available. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, there's so many players available. I can't think of exactly which ones, but you could really do a lot and set yourself up for the future, you know. Um, and just basically say, listen, Messi has one more year. Neymar is the only person then that's really locked up on major money for the next couple of years. If you then lose Messi, yeah, it's not ideal that a 32-year-old Neymar is your best player and he's locked up, but the books are really clear that you can really maneuver and, and truly build something for the future. So the way it sounds, again, this can all change. I'm not going to say, you know, I think he is going to leave because listen, we just went through this. We were all over the place every other week. We had different thoughts. So um, good to just, you know, get our take. But as it currently stands right now, if someone was to offer me 250 shit, if someone offered me 300, I'll drive him to the airport, bro. You know what I mean? Like, don't want to see him go, but it no longer matters. It no longer matters whether he delivers in the Champions League or what. Like that that was a a talking point for a lot of people. It was like, hey, get us the Champions League win and we'll like whether it's even if he like if he doesn't deliver, I feel like for PSG that that's more so of an easy decision. It's like, yeah, let's let's just wash our hands with it. Listen, especially if we were to win the Champions League, I would even more so say yeah, that's what I'm saying. It no longer matters. Like that's yeah. I'm good. So awesome, man. Well, that's it, man. We got a um, like classic this weekend. We got um, Maccabi Haifa next week. Hopefully, some of this stuff calms down, so we can you know say some of it, it is will. kind of in the in the rearview mirror. But knowing PSG, it probably won't. Um, this probably will just be lingering for the rest of the season. There will probably be more reports that we'll find out about something. Um, that that happened. I'm not sure what's going on with Nain and Mbappe, man. Maybe they just need to put the boxing gloves on and just run a 30 second fair one, bro. Just hash it out. Just get it over with, like they did in, in high school. Just put I the don't boxing think gloves Mbappe on. Like that. No, <laughs> that. I don't know. I don't know. So, but <laughs> I don't think he cut like that, man. Closing it, closing it out, man. Good to good to link with you guys again. Always a pleasure. Um, and until until next time, man. We'll catch you guys. Stay tuned. And make sure to follow us on um, Twitter. Make sure to follow PSG Talk. You can follow me at 24th and Park um, to, you know, hear me rant or complain about PSG. John, go ahead and let them know where they can follow you, man. 
Yeah, I am back on Twitter. Um, they didn't give me back my old account. I had to create another one, but it's all good. It's uh, at John Alangi, J-O-N-O-L-A-N-G-I. Uh, but yeah, we back on Twitter. Um, just not engaging with the with the BS. <laughs> but yeah, man, hit me up on there. James, where can the people follow you, man? Uh, man, you can follow me at it's underscore JCJ on Twitter. And I'm there for all the BS. So feel free to uh, <laughs> hit me up and let me know your thoughts on on Mbappe, PSG, Neymar, and everything in between. Glad to be back. For sure, for sure. Yeah, make sure to again to follow PSG Talk. Uh, Ed and the team also host live sessions after games where um, they're utilizing spaces on Twitter to you know get fans involved and, and get people engaged with the platform. So love to hear from you guys. Stay in touch and uh, stay tuned.